Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Bender glanced up toward the ceiling of the banquet room. Her disappointment must have been evident. The young man seated beside her said, acoustic tile, pretty boring, huh? Bender was in her early 20s. She wore a heavy coating of mascara around her large eyes. The man seated beside her was about the same age. He had a mound of unruly blonde hair that sat atop his head like a collapsing haystack. Still contemplating the ceiling, he added, the chandeliers are cool though. I bet those are real diamonds. I bet Mega Man worked with the interior designer. He can totally squeeze charcoal briquettes into diamonds anytime he wants. Mega Man is pretty cool. Bender asked, why are you talking to me? When the young man to her left blushed a furious shade of red, she tried to undo some of the damage by saying, I, I don't mean to be rude, it's just we're supposed to be, you know, shy. The young man was still blushing, but he was no longer trying to slide beneath the table. I am shy, he said. I'm pathologically shy. It's just, I get so nervous, I start talking, and then I keep talking. It's like all my shyness comes out in a volcano of words. I, I know it's stupid, but I can't help it. It's okay, said Bender. Vol Volcanoes are cool. Is that your name, Volcano? What? Oh, the young man paused, deciding whether or not he should adopt Volcano as his new name. <laughs> at last, he admitted to himself the name didn't fit. No, he said at last, I've only been in the news once. They called me Bubble Boy. I kind of hate it. No, Bender replied, it's good. It's like that thing in poetry where you make the same sound over and over. Tentatively, Bubble Boy suggested alliteration. Exactly, Bender agreed. Bubble Boy, it's very poetic. So what's your power? Do you shoot bubbles or something? No, said Bubble Boy. I, I just breathe underwater. Um, I'm Bender, said the young woman. I have super strength. You know, I can bend railroad tracks and car doors and things like that. Wow, said Bubble Boy. Super strength is awesome. Mega Man has super strength. You're like Mega Man. I'm nothing like Mega Man, Bender grumbled. Mega Man isn't shy at all. In fact, I think he likes being the center of attention. Bubble Boy was poised to recite a catalog of additional facts about Mega Man when... 
Professor Stratagem spoke from the front of the banquet room. The professor was in his late 60s. He wore a gleaming monocle and the sharply pointed beard of a Prussian field marshal. Although Professor Stratagem rarely stood toe-to-toe with supervillains, he was renowned for his wise counsel. Even the mightiest champion of justice came to Professor Stratagem for guidance. Often his tactical advice was the key that unlocked their greatest victories. Professor Stratagem was standing on a raised platform at the front of the banquet hall. Good afternoon, he said. He took the time to make eye contact with all 60 people in the room. They were seated in groups of three or four around circular tables. Some of those in attendance were too shy to meet his gaze. They dropped their eyes as he turned toward them, his monocle gleaming with predatory significance. Look at me, he shouted. The professor punctuated this demand by slapping the podium with the flat of his hand. Bender heard Bubble Boy whimper softly in the seat beside her. Nevertheless, the young man's eyes were riveted to the front of the room. The professor smiled grimly to himself. If you are going to be heroes, he growled, then you have to pay attention. The professor looked at a few of the empty chairs that were scattered around the room. Very pointedly, he adjusted his monocle and said, those of you that have the powers of invisibility, (laughs) shadowy presence, or camouflage are still expected to participate fully in this workshop. Most of the empty seats were suddenly occupied by sheepish young adults. (laughs) I am not one to mince words, Professor Stratagem announced. This quality had already been noticed by everyone in the room. But the professor continued, I tell you plainly, there is some power within each of you. But you have stage fright. You have social anxiety. For some reason, you are unable or unwilling to use your power in front of other people. And so here you are. Over the course of this workshop, we will see if you can still be useful. Begin by introducing yourself to other people at your table. Together, you will imagine some way for your powers to be useful. You have 90 minutes for this task, and then we will break for lunch. Today, it's tacos. (laughs) After lunch, the queen of the lemurs will talk about how she acclimated to human society after being raised by a tribe of enchanted lemurs in the wilds of Madagascar. Perhaps her tale will inspire you to see your fellow humans as less threatening. Now go. Once again, the professor punctuated his directive by slapping the podium. The banquet room erupted with the sound of sudden conversation. A third person was sitting at the table with Bubble Boy and Bender. There was also a fourth chair, apparently empty. After recent events, Bubble Boy decided to toss his linen napkin onto the empty chair. Unimpeded, it landed on the cushion. That doesn't prove anything, said the third person at the table. She wore a velvet cape, which obscured most of her face. Before anyone else could react, she grabbed a fork from the tabletop and stabbed it into the seat cushion of the empty chair. When nothing happened, she merely shrugged. The chair could have been a disguise. (laughs) 
But you might have stabbed someone, said Bubble Boy. The caped figure held up the fork for examination. It's clean, she said. <laughs> I doubt it would have caused any lasting damage. Bender asked, what's your power, stabbing furniture? Of course not, said the caped figure. Like you, I am unable to use my real power in the presence of other people. As you can see, I am still perfectly capable of stabbing the furniture under the watchful gaze of onlookers. Bubble Boy interjected, I'm Bubble Boy. When no one is watching, I can breathe underwater. This is Bender. She has super strength like Mega Man. Not like Mega Man, Bender insisted. Bubble Boy continued undeterred. I think Bender's power is really useful. With super strength, she could probably bash her way through a steel door. If a supervillain blocked a road with fallen trees, she could totally move them out of the way. There's all kinds of things that she could do to help. Unless someone was watching, drawled the caped figure across the table. If a seven-year-old girl was standing by the steel door, it would be impervious. If an asthmatic octogenarian was sitting on one of those fallen trees, the roadblock would be insurmountable. We know our limits, Bubble Boy snapped in reply. None of our powers work in the presence of other people. That's exactly why we're here. And I still say that super strength is really useful. Bender could lock herself in an empty room and twist railroad tracks into a chain. What can you do? With a haughty toss of her velvet-covered head, the caped figure said, I am the compassionator. <laughs> Compared to me, Gandhi and Mother Teresa were a pair of stone-hearted misanthropes. <laughs> I have love inside me like a boundless ocean. I have a Christ-like capacity for compassion. Nice alliteration, mumbled Bender. Wait a minute, said Bubble Boy. Are you telling me that you love people until you are actually in the presence of other people? <laughs> As you said, replied the Compassionator, this is the limitation we all share. Oh, Bubble Boy insisted. That's, it's different for you. That would be like me saying I could breathe underwater unless I was in the presence of actual water. <laughs> it would be like Bender saying that she could dismantle a bulldozer with her bare hands unless she was in the presence of an actual bulldozer. I'm like all of you, said the Compassionator. I have amazing powers, but they don't work around other people. <laughs> Catching sight of Bubble Boy's point, Bender asked, but how do you know that? <laughs> exactly, Bubble Boy agreed. At night, when the darkness hides me from other people, I can walk down to the edge of the lake. I can go into the water and lay on the lake bed for hours, gazing up at the moon through the rippling surface of the water. I can do that, and it would be impossible for other people. I can do that. When there's no one around, Bender can twist Volkswagen vans into origami cranes. She can do that. What can you actually do? I don't do anything, said the Compassionator. What I possess is a feeling, or possibly a state of being. I doubt you would understand. 
Call it what you want, said Bubble Boy, feeling or state of being. How do you know that you have something beyond the scope of mundane emotions? If there's no sign of it in the world, how do you know it really exists? Just because you have a cape, said Bender, that doesn't make you a superhero. <laughs> love only becomes real in the presence of other people. If you love those who love you in return, then your love is real, but it's also very limited. The cause of love is not expanded when it exists inside a closed circle. For the cause of love to expand, we must learn to love those who do not love us in return. We must push the frontier of love beyond the landscape of settled mutual affection. Love has the power to do this. Do you want that power? If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others?